0: Oh. Hello, and welcome to another episode on the spiritual advice from the barbarian lunatic. You know, at the moment, I'm in a stage of my life, yeah, I don't want to wear a hat. I wanna look sexy. Not really, but in a way I do. Every time I move the microphone, I have to check if it's still charging. Gee, and now I moved it again. All right. For today, I brought a beer mixed with lemonade. Let's just see where that's gonna get us. I cooled it. How much alcohol does it have? It's actually interesting. You gotta be kidding me. There's no alcohol in there whatsoever. It's somewhat disappointing, I have to say. Because it said meets Krombacher. But Krombacher is a beer, right? which I find now a little bit unsettling, but here it says, if I look at the list, no, Alcohol, that's very disappointing. Now I'm just getting sugar, but without the rest, right? Anyway, I've already got my mixture, I'm gonna roll, you know. I just have to say I'm at this stage of my life where I feel like I'm just gonna continue smoking it's weird because why don't I just stop then I'm just going to say a few things. And then I'm going to look at what this actually, this episode is called like. And once I've done this. Ah, I've got it. Gee, man, I want a new microphone. You know, there are some things which I feel like I would appreciate to have it. And one of them is a new microphone, so that I don't have to worry about... I mean, I don't have to worry about anything. But I have to, because... I think it just gives me something to do, right? Um, A really weird thing is that... You know, I don't know who of you ever had like... A really insane, basically unreachable goal. That other thing it's important to get to. But you suddenly certainly see how it's possible... And you also see what you would have to do to contribute to its coming into, right, like your life. And so I sit here at home and I've basically accomplished nothing in terms of, right, monetary compensation, you know, community appreciation. You know, there's not really like millions of people following my content at this stage. But I know it can change every day. And maybe what I'm doing is never going to be super big. But I have the feeling it could be. And that's good enough for me to keep going. And why am I saying that? cuz I'm very disappointed there's no beer in it. Yeah, well, I said I was going to buy a Coke and then I wanted to make it alcohol. And I was asking my mother cuz I visited them and she know my story now a little. You know, I'm still kind of financially dependent, which is not actually true. Because I'm not actually dependent on anything, but if I need something, there's always a way to get it. And I felt like I needed money to buy Coke, because I wanted to get, I wanted to have something to boost me. You know, that's, that's all there is to it. I also bit something, you know. I'm trying to stop chewing on my nails. And that's a challenge, I'm telling you. Now I'm taking two papers, like small papers, that you would normally use to roll cigarettes. And I'm making a big one out of it because I don't have long papes anymore. So I have to be a bit inventive. And I like being inventive, right? I sometimes like making things a little bit complicated to get to, so I have to work extra hard. And the way you do that is, well, look it up, figure it out. It's hard to describe, right? You take one paper and you hold it in the way. You would hold it when you roll. So with me, the sticky side is now on top. And then you take another paper and you hold it vertically so that it's like not how you would normally roll and then take the sticky side you make it wet and you stick it to the left end of the paper you could also stick it to the right end of the paper depending from which side you want to roll and that's it and then you have to cut off the sides so that what you attached is gonna be write the same width as the rest of the paper. And then you basically have a long paper, which is not as wide as the long paper, but you've got something to roll something that is bigger than just a cigarette. And I've seen this before from Yeah. I've. It's actually starting to be less of a drag. It's starting to become less of a drag. You know, I'm accepting my place in life. And that means recording these episodes is becoming less of a drag because I'm accepting that I'm doing it. I still haven't checked the title of this episode which I find alright let me just quickly roll I discovered a new rapper a friend of mine was listening to it it's called Webby Chris Webby Webby with a Y at the end Um, I think I like him only I didn't I don't know which album the song was from that my friend was playing, and just from a quick search on the internet I found one which is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Rapper, and I actually have to say I already like that. I always liked it that Eminem was making references to comics, um, because even though I don't really watch. A lot of movies anymore um, I have that knowledge and the reason I don't watch movies anymore is because I already know how to watch movies and I've watched a lot of movies which is why to me it's enough to remember them right which is a part of letting go You know, it's enough to remember the movie don't have to watch it again and that's what i sometimes start having with people as well where i say you know to me i don't have to spend a lot of time with you anymore you know i could live with just remembering you and i'm not sure if other people like this kind of attitude very much But that's basically the attitude that I had to have because everybody treats me the same way, right? but it's working it's so strange because sometimes I think I'm not managing to to roll and then suddenly it's done and it's working and you know that's every time I create content it's more or less the same way if you know what I mean Right? Every time. I'm not gonna stuff it. Yes, I'm gonna stuff it. Because I like stuffing it. So you see, despite the fact that I like sex, I could accept living without it simply because it became a little bit too tedious and I realized it wasn't just sex that I wanted. Now I'm going to first light this doobie which may burn Yeah, I see there is an outlet. All right. I think we all know this feeling that when you smoke and it does nothing anymore then you could just stop smoking for like a month and then you will feel it again but what most people do is they just start smoking larger and larger quantities so it's pointless if you feel like it's doing nothing anymore Smoke less. Make a break. Do something else. All right, let's check. It still does something. Welcome to the dark side. (laughs) I just want to show you you know in the hope that you won't all run and copy me but I just like to keep it a little bit intimate you see welcome to the dark side why didn't I get the beer well I think I'm happy because alcohol always brings me to a place that I it's too slippery for me Yeah, I'm just gonna take the one that I... Yeah, I edited one, but somehow my phone doesn't know how to play it. Okay, here are all my porn GIFs, which I feel slightly ashamed about, but only slightly. what this is it's goosebumps these all this old series that they made which I find genius by the way (coughs) this is the one I edited it's not that different Anyway, I'm just waiting until somebody calls me now, which nobody has done so far, but that's all right. I'm also getting sick of music, to be honest. I'm just going to keep my phone on so that somebody calls me and I can get pleasure from hearing this song. Where am I going to put this phone? Jesus, man! I'm pissed. Now suddenly I'm pissed just by touching the stupid phone because nobody ever calls me. Which is something that I wanted, but when it's there, you complain about it. right, it's like really wanting a relationship wow, suddenly my voice sounds louder after I drank, crazy maybe that's what sugar does it alleviates your consciousness into a place of like, wow a little bit shaky to be honest I'm a little bit shaky because I'm not sure what's coming my way and that's a little bit unsettling, you know. I told you this story. I don't think I've gotten to that. Oh, maybe that's why I'm shaky. I don't want to tell it because it's so long. Oh, but I know I've been building it up. It's such a long story, and I've told it so often. And there's nobody to cheer me on as I tell it. You know, now I feel lonely. Not really. But I feel like it would be nice to be with that woman. Now I don't even want to record anymore at all which is strange, because I just actually felt like it. And that's the thing, right? If you don't feel like it, you just continue if you really want to do it, actually, because you know you have to do it and it needs to be done. And right now I have the time to do it, so why wouldn't I do it, right? Which basically leaves you no excuse anymore, Which is basically saying, you know, I enslaved myself. You know, you can see me as Darth Vader. Who's that guy? What was his name in English? The Sith Lord, Darth Sidious. <laughs> so dramatic. But I actually want to say that... Fuck. You know, there are always these times in my life where basically nobody has time for me. Then I just have to do things on my own. And that's part of the fight, of course. That's part of the struggle... That's part of, like, mischievous life, telling you to just do it yourself. And... I had this incident a couple of weeks ago. I walked through the city and there was this guy walking around like he was owning the street. Or maybe he was just minding his own business and I just wanted to take a piss on somebody. He didn't look old. I thought I could do it. And I went to him and I started talking to him with my mad grin was just saying, you know, because he was on his phone, you know, I always leave my phone at home and he was listening and he's like, what the fuck? And then he went to the other side of the street and then I kept talking and then he was like threatening me and I was like, yeah, come on, man, you know, I'm all open. And then he went and left into, I should, into a kind of a kiosk, which is the German word for a kind of a tobacco, alcohol, candy newspaper shop. And I felt like, oh yeah, I really showed it to him, you know. This is my street, this is my city, I can do what I want. And then sometime later, let's say a week or two, at four in the morning, I came from a place that I'm involved with, which... I said, you know, I would help to, you know, keep going. So at least to keep it a bit clean and to say, you know, I can hold the space here, I can hold the room. So when there's a gathering or something, you know, we could do something here. And it was at four in the morning and my feeling was guiding me to walk somewhere. I actually wanted to go to some of the guys who just sit on the streets and drink which is probably stupid if you're trying to create something for yourself, which I admit. So what followed was basically a teaching to tell me, stay the fuck away from that street, because what are you doing sitting around with people that get drunk? Because, you know, that's what they do. I didn't drink with them. I did once, a bit. But I smoked with them and sat with them. And I felt like, I don't know, you know, I needed company and I felt like maybe they need my company was mostly one guy. And I think he's a good guy, but I never see him unless I'm with him. Which says, you know, maybe he's different when I'm not around. Because I'm able to do this, right, to keep people in check from themselves because I'm so relaxed which is weird for some people but that's what you get when you work with your fears and you you know engage with your fears and you learn with your fears and i had a lot of like stuff in my backpack so my backpack was heavy and i also had food supplies you know i was carrying i had two more bags in my hands like linen bags with oil and, you know, like two bottles of oil and food in general. Then I was walking and I came around a corner and it was four in the morning, so the city was empty because this is basically a village here, Ludenscheid. It's like a small city, like more like a village. And then there three guys came around the corner and I just kept walking and I think I looked at them, I'm not sure. And the one guy said, hey, do you remember me? And I was like, what? And they started to walk after me and I walked backwards. Because I, you know, I can walk backwards fairly well. And I did so with trust. Because I was mm-hmm. probably walking backwards 300 meters or 400 without checking what was behind me because there were three guys coming after me. And as soon as I said, do you remember me? You laughed at me in the streets. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe, I don't know, you know, because he was wearing a cap. And it's sometimes hard to tell who somebody is if they suddenly look a bit different. So I started walking backwards and they started approaching, like, coming after me. And you could tell that, you know, they wanted to hit me. And I kept walking backwards and I tried to keep the conversation going because I could certainly feel that they were angry. And I realized that, you know, I cannot run with the weight that I carry. I cannot really fight because I was too heavy. You know, my arms weren't free. And I also realized, you know, I don't have time to put down my things. I have to keep going. And so I kept walking backwards. And at one time, one of them wanted to come around, but I kept him in check, so he couldn't. And then the one guy, you know, in the middle, he was probably, like, the more vicious of them, the one who would be more prepared to fight. He was one doing, like, a roundhouse kick. You know, I cannot say. It looked like he may have done it before or even trained to do it. You know, it's hard to tell, but at least he didn't fall. And I was like, yeah, nice, man. You can do this. Good job. And I kept walking and, you know, this pointless conversation where they're just like, yeah, you said that, you know, blah, 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 And then he pulled something out, and it looked like a knife, but I didn't check, you know, because I had to keep them in check. So I couldn't look at the knife. Um because then I couldn't see anymore what the other two would be doing. And I think that's often the problem, you know, if you shit your pants from a knife, then your only focus is on the knife and not on the other people anymore. So I kept walking and he had the knife and sometimes I made like a small step and they retreated, you know, just like the amount, you know, I stopped and they like, whoop, going a bit backwards. But I realized, you know, just keep walking and see what's coming out of this. And then I walked around the corner, you know, we were like open street. And he had this knife and he was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But I know, what am I supposed to say, right? I mean, there were three people. The situation is obvious. I had no intention to fight. Yeah, I realized all I can do now is just avoid being beaten to a pulp or something you know but i didn't really think it i just acted so i was keeping my distance while looking where they were and at one point we stopped and then they said something because they were like filming me with, with their phones but it didn't bother me because i do that all the time and then i looked at you know, I said, they, they said something with YouTube. I said, yeah, I'm on YouTube. And then they're like, oh, really? What's your name? And I told them and they looked me up. And they, then the one guy who tried to come around at the one point, he said, oh, that's him. Man, he's okay, right? Like, he seemed to realize that I'm not really a troublemaker. You know, I bluff a lot. You know, I didn't want violence. I just wanted to make some fun or something. And then I thought the situation was relaxing and all I remember that I don't know how that happened anymore, but suddenly they punched me, you know, like in the face, you know, when you look at, from my perspective, right side underneath the eye, you know, the cheekbone, they hit that two or three times and they kicked me in the stomach once. Before that happened, I I asked the guy, you know, where's your knife then? He said it was a toy and I was like, oh yeah? You know, why do you carry shit like this? You know, if I want to jump into this, you have my blood on your hands. Do you want that? It's like really stupid because some people literally want to die. And I also thought it's not my place to die or I was hoping maybe or I felt like that who's to say and what was really weird was that they punched me in the face and although I felt like there was an impact I had the feeling they actually never touched me and you know they look buff but it's hard to say you know because people take a lot of like this stuff I think it's called creatine that saturates your muscles with water Right, And they eat a lot of like hormones and stuff and meat that's full of hormones. And so they look like they have a lot of muscle or have a lot of strength, but they actually only have like a lot of excess weight. So it's hard to say whether their punch was, you know, really weak or whether I'm just really strong because spiritually, you know, I'm far away from them, which could be one reason, like, you know, you can't touch me, man. You know, I'm untouchable. And there are people that exist like this, who can do things, and they survive. It was like that guy who hiked basically, I think, across the whole equator, and that brought him also through, like rainforests and stuff where basically nobody ever goes where they say like this i think there's not even indigenous people but he survived he managed there's people like that travel with a backpack through the congo and only take buses and taxis and they survive and then there's people who do it and they just get killed or raped or whatever um So I can't really say, right? I have the feeling sometimes I'm being protected, but only if I'm not really stupid, right? I also have to be a bit smart about it. Because if I just keep seeking these kind of situations, somebody may kill me. (laughs) And that's what I started to realize. I mean, I was the last man to stand in that street because... You know, the one guy who I had approached, you know, a couple of weeks earlier, he was kind of like, you know, he was, he wanted to see me, you know, crying on the ground, begging for my life, probably. And so he still, you know, he kept standing there while the other two had already left. And I kept talking to him and he was like, you know, what are you doing to me? Something like this because i was just in my usual good mood i was basically parenting him it's like saying what the fuck are you doing with knives man i mean it's really stupid really don't do shit like this if you would do shit like this in like large cities like johannesburg you wouldn't survive you know you're not a real predator you're just a victim that tries to find people that are a little bit more weak and maybe I was the same right because I wouldn't have talked to someone who looks dangerous Or maybe I would have I don't think I really paid attention at that time I just thought I can do whatever I want maybe I didn't even think that I just felt like talking to certain people and that gave me teachings I think I just I was looking for a reaction Anyway, so they punched me and I was still uncertain about the knife. Then this one guy kept standing there and I just kept talking to him because apparently, you know, he was still questioning whether or not to leave. And then the other one came back and they tried to like, I think they hit me again and he tried to kick me again. I was like, all right, you know, you can go now. And then they left and I was like laughing after them madly and shouting something and then they really left and then i turned around first i started at a mild jog and then i just walked and i thought yeah and then i kind of was carrying that fear of they're still chasing me or there may be somebody else and i walked home and then i was like what the fuck just happened man i mean he did i think he did pull the knife on me you know i couldn't check I think he was hiding it because we were on the open street. And maybe he was a bit uncertain whether I might have a knife as well or know how to handle it. Because I just didn't really react to it whatsoever. But I certainly made sure I kept my distance. And I think it was the next day or a couple of days later I went ...during the day through the city... ...and I just stopped somewhere... ...at a shop where they sell food... ...like Turkish kind of food... ...because the one guy with the knife... ...he looked a bit like he was Turkish... ...you know like dark hair... ...curly dark hair... ...something like this... ...and then there was somebody standing with a red cap... ...and I looked at him... ...and he was drinking coke... ...and I was like... ...you know enjoy and he said do you want that I punch you again in the face and I was like oh that was you and then I started laughing I said like oh man you know what are you doing (laughs) because it's pointless you know I already showed I have no intention to fight them with my fists despite the fact that I could I think still uncertain about that one not sure I want to find out I know I can protect myself but I think I can just you know protect myself spiritually and I can or energetically in the way that I just don't let that fear come too close to me and so I kept walking and I thought you know whatever Because when I said that, I laughed and then he took his friend and they walked away. And at that night, I was going back to that place where I said, you know, I'm helping to kind of raise the energy or something or to keep it clean. And I was there and I lit a fire and I was like, I took like a metal thing in my fist so that my punch would be harder. And I was kind of like shadow boxing with some wood and stuff. Then I thought, you know, I'm going to walk through the city, you know, because this is my place also. And I had a bit uh, different backpack, a lighter one. I I packed much less weight. And I walked. And I, you know, closed the chest strap. Just so that I, you know, wouldn't have to worry about the backpack bouncing around. Because I didn't know what was coming. And I had this metal thing in my hand. I was like walking. And then I came back to the same area. And then in the distance I saw two figures walking towards me. And I made like a, a curve to the left. And they adjusted their direction to where I was. And I thought, okay, this is odd. They're still coming towards me. Although I went to the left. And it's like maybe... I don't know, 300 meters between us, maybe 200, maybe less. And then I did a a curve to the right and then they adjusted that also and then the guy, you know, I saw how they were walking like really like forceful, angry stride towards me and the one guy was carrying something in his right hand which might have been a stick or a knife, you know, it's hard to say. And then he said, you know, you come here, And I was like, fuck that shit. And I started sprinting at top speed because I can like, from one second to the next, I can just start sprinting. You know, there's no hesitation anymore. When I want to sprint, I sprint. And I just started sprinting whoosh, away to the left, which is where I saw an opening. And I ran like a couple of hundred meters to the police. And I turned around and they didn't come. And then I first thought, you know, am I going to ask the police for help? And then I thought, nah, just don't do it. And then I was still, I was quite afraid. It was like, fuck it. You know, I, now I have to deal with this in some way. And it was night again. This time it was two o'clock and I started walking back. and i felt like what am i going to do now and i was really home uh, happy when i was back home but now i had this giant lump of question what am i supposed to do now and i took a different route i made up my mind because I also talked to people about this and they said it's better to avoid it. I mean, if you know how to handle a knife, sure, go for it. But you also never know what's going to come out of it later, right? Now, let's say he comes to me and I manage to beat him up, teach him a lesson or something. You know, maybe he has other friends. Maybe he's connected to some kind of dark voodoo clan. Maybe he's connected to some kind of mafia And they're just going to look out for me. And then I thought, you know, how would it be if I would go with my family to the city now? And then somebody comes and just like, you know, takes me out. Or shoots me or whatever. And I just realized I have no intention to live like this. And I hated living like this. And it was just a couple of days where I was like intensely dealing with this and I already said, I hate this. No, I want to live a peaceful life. I want to be able to go where I want to go. Of course, there are areas that you may better avoid. Because just because nothing has happened so far, at night, rules are different. You know, at night, the shadows come out. And people are a little bit different. Right, The guy that I saw during the day with a cap on that was standing there drinking a Coke. And then I greeted him. I didn't even know it was him. Or maybe I did. But I felt like I didn't know it was him. Because he was hiding his presence. Which is also partly what a cap is for. And... Which maybe says something about Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. And so it turned out that I had to make a choice. It's either you have to make a standing or you simply avoid this. And I came to the conclusion that I'm just going to walk around from now on and avoid this street altogether because this seems to be his turf. However much I try to project the future, right, it's like, you know, there's only a certain degree, but you can feel into it. And if I would keep walking through the city at this moment, maybe even ever again, it's not hard to say. It feels like there would be a lot of violence coming my way. And I realized I don't want this. You know, just because somebody's angry, I'm not going to take a knife for that. You know, however righteous I feel about my place and my position. And I realized that, you know, I was the one that actually created this with the way that I was walking through the city. Like, you know, this is my street. And then I engaged another person who also thinks this is my street. And suddenly, the one person felt a little bit safe, a little bit less safe, because I approached him openly like this, which is probably nobody ever does. Something nobody ever does. And I did it. So he was probably afraid of me. And his fear turned into insane anger. And they just want, you know, to let it out on someone. And then I just did my art and I kept thinking and I kept walking around and now it seems like it's quieted down a little but I also feel like if I should ever meet him again I'm just gonna pretend like I don't know him and I'm probably not just gonna talk to random people on the street anymore unless maybe there's like a good reason Or I have like a nice motivation to talk to them. But yes, some people just look for a reason, right? I mean, some people think you you want to fight. You know, I probably could have asked him for the weather. And he would have taken that as an insult. Because he was just looking for a reason. You laughed at me, he said. It's like, was I? I don't know. I think I was part of the joke, right? So, anyway, I made sure of that, but it also means that if I go to places now, I also check who I see and how their vibe is towards me because I've stepped on a lot of toes just by being me. And I realize that if you want to have a family and live with a woman and you want to live this kind of vision that you may have of yourself... then you probably have to sacrifice your spirit of vengeance. And that's hard. Because it's this feeling of, you know, you know I'm the best, I'm awesome, I'm righteous, you know, I'm doing the right thing, you know, I'm keeping this city safe. Or whatever your motivation is, it's hard to say. But it's hard to take responsibility for a family when you think you have to take responsibility for the whole world or maybe just a street or a city. I think family is already enough. If you also take in siblings and maybe cousins and parents and grandparents. I think that's something you should fight for. I think that's something you should fight for. And that's where you should invest your energy instead of into people that just want violence. And sure, I had no idea that some people feel like this. I mean, I'm a little bit ignorant. Plus, yeah, it's hard to scare me if you know what I mean. Because fear also kind of exhilarates me, right? It's like fear is something that motivates me to a certain degree. But that motivated me to just learn a bit like simple fistfight moves. Not because I want this to happen, but just for me, right? You know, I just want to know what I can do just like this, right? Right? So that gives me then self-confidence if I know that technically I know a bit of martial arts. Which means that if somebody comes, I can just show that. I don't have to fight him, you know, it's just my presence, you know, it adds to your presence. If you know how to defend yourself, then people leave you alone, I believe. And... I'm not sure what it means now, because I ran away the second time, or I chose a different route. And it was clear that he had no intention to talk. That's how it seemed like, because for that his stride was too forceful. Yeah, he was too intent on getting to me. And I was asking questions. I said, is Ludenscheid safe? Like, is there a ring of criminality? Maybe even like things with children and stuff. And I realized I have no idea. But that was an intense experience maybe nothing ever happens like that but it could right and i didn't do much i didn't really do much but what i've realized is if i do a little it's already a lot you know what's for me a little is for somebody else like you're burning me alive man with your presence Some people feel like I'm even like killing them. It's weird. And I have people that get angry if I'm just there and I talk, you know, they just get angry and aggressive. Because getting angry is one thing, but if you're aggressive, then you're channeling your anger into whatever you think is making you angry or scares you. You know, I've had these situations before. But if somebody's just aggressive, you know, you can't just talk this out. You could, but it's probably going to make him even more aggressive. It's going to make him want you even more. Because what he wants is probably what you represent. He wants your strength. And that's what they do in Africa, right? They, let's say, they kill not just in Africa, but, you know, sometimes they kill pythons and eat them because they think they absorb the python's strength. It's like when the Chinese buy these tiger testicles, powder, or rhinoceros horn, you know, ivory. That's the same thing. They think they're going to get strength out of it, but you also have to lead a strong life. Right, like spiritually strong, otherwise, you know, you don't get you don't just get strength, you may feel stronger, but that doesn't make you strong necessarily because you can be weak and rich, right, and just sit at home and drive in cars and then you feel like you know you're a real beast, but just because nobody ever lays a hand on you, and then you think, you know, how can I become even more powerful? And then you look at rhino horns and you're like, I'm gonna eat that, you know? You know, I want tiger testicles. Yeah. But you're never in a real fight in that sense. Because probably you got money, you got people to protect you, and then you feel powerful. And maybe it does increase your strength. But it certainly comes with a cost. And, you know, I cannot say what these people were taking. Maybe they were even high on speed or something, which would explain why they were so slow. (laughs) Yeah. Because you take speed, you think you're really fast, right? But you're not. You just feel like, you know, everything's like really fast, but it's actually slow. You know, it's like it's for everyone. Which is the difference, right? You can take cocaine, which is probably what they do, it's hard to say, or amphetamines. And then you feel like, you know, wow, I'm really powerful. You know, but you only got as much power as you put work into. So if the only thing you're doing is like punching a bag sometimes, and then you only, you know, go to the gym pump yourself up to be muscular there's not a lot of weight to your punch because it's not about punching I know that but you know it's what everybody understands you see a Shaolin monk you know if you train like like a monk like a warrior that means you have to harden your resolve which means if it's painful, you have to push through. Now, I was feeling lonely and I thought, you know, I'm just going to be friends with that guy. <laughs> be, you know, little Christopher. But he didn't want to be little little whoever he is. You know, he wanted to be big. It's hard to say also how old they are. They could be 20. They could be 16. Yeah, they could even be like, yeah, maximum 20, I would say. But it doesn't matter. You know, somebody who's 20 could still beat you up, of course. But they never managed. But I did get the message, you know, stay away from that street. And stay away from people that you never met. Don't just... You know, just because you feel good now, because I felt good. And then I went to him and I showed him how good I feel. And maybe he felt shit. And then he started hating me. Because how can he feel so good, right? Why isn't he afraid to walk here? You know, he's just like... (whistles) That's how I sometimes walk around, like a little kid. But I've also put in the work. You know, I went into madness... I looked at the chaos, I looked at the darkness and I came to the conclusion that I like the light also but I also like the darkness because what you have to realize is that if you, you know, whatever enlightenment means but when you only nurture your white, your light, your whiteness, your goodness then you will become in a way like a little child again That's what's happening to a lot of old people. When their trauma is kind of like falling away... ...or their heaviness or whatever, right? It's hard to say. When their spirit comes through... ...because maybe they relax into the fact that they're going to die. You know, it's like called acceptance. And then they become like little children... ...and then adults come or people you know, that are still a bit younger, and they say, yeah, they're, that's dementia. And they're being treated then like stupid, like they're stupid. Whereas spiritually, they're probably like, you know, crap, I'm a realized being, only I cannot communicate it anymore. You know, I have no idea how I got there. But then you got like a little child, right? And I realized it doesn't matter you know I drink a coffee I smoke tobacco I smoke cannabis you No know, I do certain things okay I eat no meat that's for sure But I still feel like a little kid all the time Sometimes I feel more like it Sometimes I still feel like an angry kid And that's really weird when you think about having children and being with a woman when you just feel like this little kid all the time that just wants to play and that just sees everything as playing. You know, no matter what it is, even that encounter with them, I saw like playing. Yeah, and then I started playing chess with them, which means, okay, how am I going to, you know, stage my next move so you see... Despite the fact that I'm like a little kid, I have the experience of a grown man, of a warrior. warrior, because that's how I live my life. And I have seen darkness, mostly my own. And normally people stay away from shamans, which I consider myself to be. So I have a certain seriousness about what I do. But sometimes I kind of lose myself in this, you know, I'm a little kid. I'm a little kid, and I want to play. I want to play with my wife now. But if you play like this with your wife, you know, you can do this sometimes. You have to keep the fun in the room, if you know what I mean. And that's what I basically do all the time. I keep the fun in the room. And I'm very good at it. But for some people it's really weird they think I'm making fun of them right it's like this friend I keep talking about you know he thought I was making fun of him just when I you know was like hey you want to play frisbee 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 and then I start saying things and Yeah, sure, man, I do loosen up the atmosphere. So if you're, like, very grumpy, you know, I'm going to try to make you laugh. But if you're grumpy, you probably don't want to laugh. And I still make you laugh. And then you laughed. (sighs) And he once criticized me. He was saying, like, You know, like, are you fucking kidding me? He was saying something like, because sometimes he gets a bit grumpy, but I have no problem with that. You know, I like him anyway. You know, I like him a lot. It's like my best friend in the whole world. You know, that's like my little kid. It's like, wow, he's the best friend in the whole world. (laughs) He would never do anything to hurt me. Yeah, but sometimes I see it a bit different, you know. Sometimes I see this perspective where he would betray me or beat me up or band together with others or call the police on me or whatever. And then I think I, think I have to distance myself from him. And then I go there and I say, hey, do you want to play Frisbee? Because <laughs> I know him now a little. I know he's also a bit like me, you know. He likes to look tough so that people leave him alone so that he protects his own inner child, which is what you have to do when you become an adult, right? And then you know how to protect your own child, your own inner child, and then you start protecting, you know, your real children. Because you know how to fight and to stay safe, you know how to survive, which sounds like something that is not as meaningful as it used to be in this kind of system, but it's still because what's survival, right? I mean, now we're talking about the dark side. What's the dark side of society? It's that they're trying to basically, yeah, I wanted to say discriminate you into being like everybody else because I see it as discrimination what they did to me as a child in school, Where every time I wanted to be the way that I actually felt like being, they said you have to sit down and shut up. And that's where my results comes from. You know, I'm never gonna shut up. But sure, if I like you, I can talk a bit less. It's very hard for me because I'm just every time I'm with people, I get really excited. Not always. You know, sometimes I just you know I'm always excited. I'm smiling on my inside. And so I learned also to show it a little less. Because if you, if you walk around, you know, like, you know, I have everything to give, people start thinking you're rich and then they want your money, you know. And they may want it in the form of, you know, I'm going to rob you and take it from you. Because I know you're rich or I know you've got something. You know, I think that's what, what this was about. This one guy, why he kept coming, I think he sees that I have something, but he cannot understand what. It's like, what does he have? You know, I want to have it, you know. He thinks he wants my life, but you have to work for that. And that's probably what I hope this to be for him. You know, and that's how compassionate, sickeningly compassionate, I always am for my fellow men because I know how it feels to suffer. It's that He gets some kind of realization out of this, which might be, maybe I can change my ways. I don't have to die here being stabbed just because I run around like, you know, somebody may want to stab me. So it's hard for me to say at the moment what our encounter means to him. Because, you know, the white guy that I approached, I don't really care about. I care about that guy because he had the knife he was willing to go so far and he allowed it that others were using him you know to settle their debt there was no debt in the first place and that's why also i think like you know to me when i do something i may not understand why i'm doing it and other people may say that it was stupid But I know what I'm doing and maybe he was a death candidate because he was running around looking for somebody to fight. And then he found someone who fights in a completely different way, you know, because I fight on the inside. So I took that situation, I carried it home with all the fear and the hatred I felt from him and I started doing my art. And that means I can work with that guy without having to talk to him. Which is what I realized when they came towards me and I said, fuck that shit. You know, I didn't run away because I was scared. I think. I think I ran away because I thought that this kind of encounter, this kind of Communication is not for me, it's too much effort, you know, I like to have a bit of a lazy life, a bit relaxed, but I also like my action. But that was like, you know, you don't know what you're doing, man, I mean, you're gonna get yourself killed, my friend, and that's what I told him. And who's to say why he wanted to? Or... You know, why he said, come here. He wanted to get to me, I get that. But it's still hard to say why. Maybe he did want to talk. You know, I think his spirit wanted to talk to me. And now we did. But, you know, if somebody wants to talk with you and he's super afraid or super angry, you know, he's going to punch you. Or maybe even kill you. And so I just started working with these feelings and with the image I have of him because I've seen him now three times. I fairly have a good idea of how he feels, how his presence feels. And I was feeling that anger and was being projected towards me. And I kept stretching it out a little just by avoiding seeing him again. And now I feel like it's subsided a little and that's what anger does right ultimately now he feels a bit more like a little kid again how he actually should be you know like live life man enjoy i have no idea what he's experienced i have no idea what he's coming from where he's coming from i feel like he actually had a good childhood that's just what i feel like i see from the distance And you do realize that I'm talking about these things in a very loose-like, matter-of-fact way. And that's the challenge because I'm being drawn into people's emotional stuff all the time. When I go and I talk to people, sometimes I smoke with them, sometimes I drink some alcohol with them, I get sucked into their predicament, their suffering. And I can alleviate some of it But the problem is if I keep doing what they're doing because they're, you know, let's call it traumatized. Then I'm basically becoming a manifestation of their suffering. And they probably use me to a certain degree to just make themselves feel better. Which is what I have with a lot of people, even the people I call friends, you know, they sometimes take a piss on me just because they have a problem with how skilled I am in a lot of fields, such as transforming energy, such as, you know, making art. It's hard to say whether people would think what I do is music, but I call it music and so it's music. And sometimes they just criticize me so heavily about who I am and what I do and how it is possible that I accept money from my parents It's coming a bit annoying. And I often let it come to that point. But I also pick it up. You know, if somebody starts asking me really stupid questions about, you know, my family and money and stuff, you know, I start getting a little bit irritated because I'm like, what are you on about, man? I mean, I've made choices and you make it sound like, you know, it's like, super easy because I make it look easy they think I have nothing to worry about but what they don't see is that I basically worry about everything all the time but I also let the worrying be because what's there to worry? I mean I know what's happening I'm looking at what's going on I look at how I feel and then i make certain choices and i believe that's basically what i can do right i mean what else can i do right then to look at what the like what the facts are of any situation And what do I mean with facts? Facts are, you know, what's really happening. You know, is this guy angry? If I look at just him and the feeling he's trying to give me or impose on me, I would say, oh my God, this guy is insane. He's really crazy. You know, I'm going to call the police. But the way I'm looking at it is like I'm going into this thing. You know, I'm sitting at home, I'm smoking. And then I'm looking, it's like putting on goggles, you know, you know, just, you know, just to give you an image, only I do it without these uh, virtual reality glasses or goggles. Let's say you put on these glasses, right? I'm just going to stick with that image because it's easy to understand. Let's say you put glasses on for virtual reality, And when you look into them let's say it's all black let's say it's all black and you look into it like you would look into the ocean right let's say you you're going snorkeling and let's say the water is you so the void is you right and then you look into the ocean or you look into these virtual reality goggles And you just see, you observe what's coming up. You know, what's coming up. You know, what kind of fish am I going to see? Instead of, but instead of fish, what you're seeing is emotions, people, situations from your past. You know, what are you feeling right now? And that's what I'm looking at, right? I'm looking into myself which is a specific way of looking where you're not really... It's like looking with your third eye, basically. Which is to say, I do look outward, only instead of looking at, let's say, a hat, I'm channeling my sight into my third eye. And from there, I can look at situations, which is then what you may call the inner eye, where you receive visions and stuff. And we all have that, but it can be blocked. Right? So you can decalcify your pineal gland. I think we've all heard that. We can decalcify it. How? We can decalcify the pineal gland by eating tamarind for example or changing your diet to like vegan ketogenic that would certainly help and also by you know balancing your acid levels in your system you know which is like fuzzy drinks beer, alcohol sugar you know, cake and shit and instant foods. They're making you incredibly acidic. And you can then start working with that. Which is why one of the first things I did was diet, of course. And so you look at this young man. And instead of seeing this, what, appears, what it appears to be on the outside, which is just an angry asshole... ...it suddenly turns into... ...this guy... ...that has a family... ...that has a history... ...that has emotions... ...you know that... ...that has a life... ...that has desires... ...that has the need to... ...survive right suddenly looking at that thing and it's very hard to hate somebody who basically is like you right it's very hard and then you start hating yourself and then you realize but wait a second nobody forced him to come after me like this but that's the way he communicates right You know, I may have learned to communicate through words, but it took me years to be able to express my emotions in such a way. You know, hours of podcast. Hours of podcasting. You know, writing books about it. Finding solutions. Because one of the top problems I had was... In relationships with women, mostly because that's what I always wanted to have, you know, a peaceful kind of relationship with a woman and have children, even before I knew that's what I wanted, you know, I realized that in order to be with the woman, I had to understand how to communicate. And for that, I had to dive into my own darkness, which is a very useful skill if you like psychedelics. Because whenever you smoke, you know, something's going to happen. And then some people get paranoid. And I feel that too, but I start working with it. And sometimes people, right, you know, I remember one day during the day, I did mushrooms, which is not something I can like, you know, I'm not going to tell you to do it. But if I do it, I know what I'm doing if you know what I'm saying. So you're self-responsible is what I'm saying. Which means, sure, if you attack me and I punch you and I break your nose, then that's your own problem. But if you then come back with more friends and you beat me up or let's say you kill me, well, whose problem is that then? Well, that then may be my problem. But then you may end up in jail because you took a knife to a fist fight and you could not stand the shame of losing, whatever that means. You know, you cannot lose, you can just see where you stand, right? So I can actually not lose in chess, but what I can do is play Wind Up Knight, which is a very good game. One and two, I love jump and run. But sometimes I play chess and I start winning more now against Computer Stage 3, which is something that happened now, so I got better at chess apparently. Or I'm just getting used to how the computer is playing. And. The thing is, you know, I had the situation, which is then a problem. And I felt like, it's my job to find a solution. this problem and I did which is avoid them just leave them alone and so I do that but when I leave the house I pay attention without being overly paranoid I'm making a game out of it so that I don't find myself in situations that are hard to get out of which is like at the moment I'm not just having like sex with women because I could find myself in a situation where there would be a child which would then keep me from achieving my goal of being with the woman that I already chose and where I hope that she shows sh- chose me because I'm not entirely certain because I'm sometimes a bit much even for myself probably certainly for other people which is why i also have to take responsibility for my kind of crazy adventurous suicide side which you may call my dark side or my shadow which i could then actually work with by let's say hiking or sleeping in the forest which I feel like I've been avoiding to do because I'm so desperate to be with people because I just like playing in such a way. Wow. anyway so you know from my perspective it's very hard to say you know what's the dark side i can tell you if i would have recorded this a year ago i would have said entirely different things but i realized you know what's the dark side everything has two sides you know was darth vader really bad or did he give Luke Skywalker a chance to outgrow his father and to make up for the mistakes? You you may say mistakes, but what's a mistake, right? It's just like, okay, at that time I made certain choices and my wife died and, you know, I got really angry and I had no way to let go of my anger but now my son is showing me to be compassionate and to fight for something. No, that's the idea between Well, that's the idea that You know, things like fighting good or evil puts into your mind. But what's good, right? What's evil? I mean, for Darth Vader, probably everybody else was evil for some time. So, you see, it's basically a perspective. It is a perspective and not just basically... It's exactly that, it's a perspective. And when I feel like, you know, I'm a bit preoccupied with somebody or a situation or with myself, then I look down or basically I look up or I look at the state things really are in, which is to say I put on my non-judgmental goggles. And I look at the situation until it dissolves itself. What happened? So I go back and forth between things that happen. You know, what happened? Who is at fault? You know, how did I contribute to this situation? How did the other person do that? And if everybody does it, then we can actually learn to live in harmony. Which means the next time I see you, I know that you've worked enough with what happened between us that we can come to an understanding, you know, without killing each other or shouting at each other or hating each other. You know, but sometimes I feel like I'm the one doing the work. And that's what you have to take responsibility for because some people can do the work, right? Emotional work. So that I feel hate, I work with it and transform it to love. And the next time I contact you, you're going to feel it and then you're going to open up to me. But you may take like six months longer than I have because I'm doing this at an insane pace. And, you know, my goal is to always love people. And sometimes I love people and then they hate me in return. And that's really annoying because I've already, you know, learned to love them again i got back to love but they're still afraid of me right they're still angry at me so i have to give them time and how much that time is is depending on the situation and the intensity and the other person you know with some people i just made a choice and i said it's impossible you will never let go of how you feel about what happened between us and to me it's not worth the effort because you are so somehow not that important to me just give me a second Yeah. It's just it's already on and a half hours man putting some incense on Like my apartment. Like I said, I just put on some incense. Okay. I want to put this at a higher level. So yeah, I realized I could also drink a coffee now, but I already made a fresh batch of tea. You know, my thermos. It's now ginger, probably like chopped ginger, two table, two teaspoons, or a heap tablespoon at least in a one liter thermos bottle and then two teaspoons of leafy black tea, Cylon tea and then one teaspoon, I always talk heaped teaspoons of a mixture called Vata, which contains sweet wood and coriander and stuff like this. But I basically use it for the sweet wood. And then, then i let this tea sit for like six seven hours in the thermos bottle so when i drink it it's still hot sometimes i drink it it's already cooled down a little which then probably was like how many hours sometimes it sits for 12 hours and then i drink it. it's like wow and i drink two cups it's like halfway and then i fill it up with hot water again and I have a lot of tea to drink. Um, yeah, what's well, still hot? It's good. I burnt my tongue. It's better than It's better than other things. Sometimes it's even better than coffee, but if I'm really heavy, I need a coffee. And that's when we come to you know welcome to the dark side. I have the feeling I'm not really presenting darkness because I'm too relaxed for that. But ultimately, what it is is a choice. And I know how to work with tobacco. I know how to work with coffee. And these are drinks that are a little bit different. Green tea is different from black tea. Black tea is more like shadow. So tobacco feeds your shadow. Which is why also some people like smoking it. It makes your aura a bit darker. And so does coffee. But that only helps you if you know what you're doing. Because these things can make you feel powerful. Although you're not because it's just a plant, right? Yeah, I'm not sure how long to make them. I think it's enough. I talked about welcome to the dark side because now it's making me angry to continue talking. Maybe it's just anger that's coming up. Hard to say. But I know how to project it into my art. And some people only know how to project it into other people's faces, right? Or project it into the situation in a way that, you know, they are the ones that did good. I just reached out to a friend several weeks ago already and he only came back to me yesterday or this morning. It's hard to say. I think it was today. And I liked it. He said it. Now, what he said was that he's grateful for me reaching out, but that he also had to work on the image he had of me and the situation, but that for now, you know, we'll see each other again, that's sometimes all that you get. And sometimes it's hard to say, right? I meet people, we make experiences together and at one point I'm not sure anymore whether they're my friend or my enemy. But I just like to see it as I think I only have friends, right? I think I only have friends. And that's a very alleviating place to be in. That whoever it is, I am sure there's a way to be friends. And sometimes the other person isn't able to see it. But I learned to see it always. Right? I'm always able to get back to nice. And that's what I got from the movie. Um, I don't know who this guy is. It's about a father who raises his kid alone the actor is black or of African descent or whatever or he appears to be dark maybe that's what it is I think of Chris Rock but I'm doubting that it's him I think that's a musician and he's raising his child alone because his wife died and to be honest I'm fairly afraid of that that if I would be with my wife then you simply have to deal with it and the way the story is being told is that the daughter that he then raises on his own is very smart But the dad is a bit stupid, right? He like, he needs help. But he also learns as he fosters the child. You know, he learns to be more of a man. But there's also a lot of emotional weight, of course, because he lost his wife, right? Which is a very hard place to be in. But he's still always super nice. But he learns to set boundaries, and this movie inspired i think it was an artist was born or an artist is born which is one of the first videos i made on youtube and i like it very much i just filmed with my phone in amsterdam and i think you know i could film with my gopro now i said it but if i say it on here i feel like it's all right Like, this is my place of trust, right? I can say corona is a lie because that's my perspective. Because my perspective is everything's energy. And if you say I need a vaccination to get rid of fear, then I say that's very stupid because I have to keep going back to the vaccination, which is the same thing that drugs do, right? You can keep going back to coffee. You can keep going back to cannabis. You can keep going back to LSD or heroin or cocaine, But ultimately, there's just yourself. And when you learn to depend more on yourself, you also learn to accept that some people are afraid, simply afraid of being unloved, of being judged, of dying, Of getting old, of losing themselves, of forgetting. A lot of people are afraid to forget. And the best way to deal with that is just to learn to remember. And sometimes I have to remember to smoke. But I also know that even though I'm smoking on a regular basis at the moment, that it's helping me to keep myself in check because it relaxes me into accepting And when I accept, I can let go. I mean, we've been through that in the four, whatever that was, right? Episode 1 of 2024. Which is probably then episode 200 and something. I have still some bonus episodes, which I want to release at a certain point. Yeah, I'm just, I have it all written down. So why not just check it? Episode 1 the four stages of bliss, right? And I think it was about acceptance was the, no, it was first questions, then answers, and then intermediate stages of letting go and then acceptance. You know, acceptance is actually when you've let go enough of the way you judge the situation, that's basically what you have to let go of. Right, let's say, let's just keep the perspective of the man in the room. Let's say you meet a woman and you judge her to be your, you know, love for the rest of your life. Because you just want to meet someone. And then you meet that woman and you judge her to be your wife. ...but you fail to see that she isn't... ...or that you're not that for her. You can keep working on that... ...and she keeps rejecting you... ...and maybe she breaks up with you one day... ...and you can still be convinced that... ...she's your wife because you said so... ...and then you try to cling. What you should do is to let go of your idea... ...that you had of her... ...or of any situation... ...like, I mean, if you're afraid of spiders... And you're judging spiders to be something that's bad. And so that fear is basically just your shadow. And your fear is then something you identify with in a negative way, which is probably natural because, you know, it's also an unknown situation maybe. You think it's your wife. That's basically what I had at a certain point, apart from my first girlfriend where I thought I would never marry her and have children with her. (laughs) Which is an interesting thing to realize, certainly. And sometimes you know it deep down, but you're afraid to phrase it. And so there's certainly that fear still that the woman that I said I will devote myself to isn't it. But every time I look at it from a distance, I realize I just love her. You know, there's only love. And the frustration comes when... You feel like that love isn't being expressed in a physical way, not even in a let's talk about it way, but more like, hey, I'm here. You are also there. And I love you from a distance. And the hope I have is that if I keep feeding that love and always getting back to it, whenever I feel hatred, I nourish it with love. And I keep regurgitating all the hate into other things, right? I bring them up, I chew on it, I dwell on it, I go back to situations and I feel like I want to look at what really happened. What did she say? What did I say? What was the meaning behind those words? What did I see spiritually? Because even though you have the feeling you were like asleep back then, you can still look at the situation later, and that's the great thing about the third eye. I mean, you can really shine your light onto things that you judged as bad or that you judged as, you know, that's my wife. And then you can look at, she never felt that. Or you can look at, she felt it, I just didn't get it, and so I broke us apart. But the, you know, the part of me that broke it apart was the intuitive part that felt like we need distance now. But until I understand that that's why I did it, I have to look at the situation over and over again until I cleared away enough of the dark side and brought light into it so that it's balanced again. That it's not like this was terrible, this was bad, she hates me, I hate her, or, you know, we're like incredibly in love. But it's more like uh, there's hatred and I'm going to see where it's coming from. And understand what her part in that hatred is. And then I can keep loving that. And hopefully, right, I dissolve it for both of us. Because that's how it often feels. I work with people from a distance. I sit at home. I suddenly feel really terrible. And then sometimes I smoke a joint or I drink a coffee. And I, I start to see where this feeling is coming from. And sometimes I see, let's say... You know, be specific, my mother. And I realized, you know, that's her. And she's connecting with me maybe or hoping for me to contact her. And sometimes I give in to that and sometimes I wait a little. Then I just go there in person without introducing myself first by calling, for instance. And so I learned to look at this emotional ocean that we are basically in because everything is energy. You know, I mean that when I say it, which is to say that everything is energy, which means you start seeing yourself not as this separate thing that walks around, but something that lives in an ocean of energy and can create ripples. And I think I have discussed this in the book The Universe at Large, which is a fairly short read, but full of like, I loved writing these books. And I'm sad at the moment that I feel like I can't do it. I think I'm keeping myself because I have to make new experiences. And so when I go through these things and I have these crazy situations that appear, I realize I manifested them because I had nothing else to say. And life was getting a little dull, a little boring. So I went through Lüdenscheid and I literally created ripples. I appeared in certain places, I challenged certain people and then I retreated back into my apartment and let it all rest when I felt like, you know, okay, I've created enough ripples now. Let's see what's going to come out of this. And certainly what I carry also is the intention to make money with what I'm doing. But I also realize if people don't know who I am, you know, it's going to be hard to have followers that are willing to pay money to read your books to understand, you know, why do you think the way you think or I like the way you think. And that's why I want to read more from you. Because in that sense, you could say my mind works like a genius, but anybody's mind can work like this when you stop eating gluten and meat. You know, that's a fairly simple approach. That's why ketogenic is the way to go, but I also realize I cannot maintain my genius unless I give myself certain certain things. And partly that's masturbation, but with semen retention, which is working, learning to work with your pelvic floor muscles, And learning to, you know, cut off the energy flow that feeds into ejaculation, basically. So you cut that off and you create like a barrier so that the energy keeps flowing into your penis, but not out of it. And that means, you know, you hold it in yourself, which means you channel to your third eye. Which means that when you sleep with a woman or that woman, she can basically sit on top of you and experience extreme bliss. And you are able to maintain this for hours. Now, I'm just getting a feeling of that. I realize when I masturbate, you know, I can masturbate for longer. My penis is harder for longer times. And I manage to come in that sense without coming, without ejaculating. But I still have an orgasm and it still alleviates some of my feelings of depression. That and of course cold showers, or first hot and then cold, but in the end always cold. That's just, you know, the bit of discomfort you have to introduce to your life. And I'm also sleeping very little. I have no mattress that is like super soft and thick. It's like, you know, four centimeters of kapok, which is like a natural material, a bit like cotton. It's more like a yoga mattress. It's fairly hard, but it also keeps me a bit humble and it toughens your body. It makes you stronger. If you sleep on a soft mattress, you become soft. You have no chairs anymore, right? It's like... I have no car, so I have to walk, right? I have no, in that sense, a proper kitchen, so I do my dishes in the bathroom, in the bathtub, which is weird. But it also keeps me being inventive, you know? That's what I like about DIY, you're just doing it yourself. And when nobody believes you and the vision you have of a life and the dream you have of the places that you can create for children, for adult people, places where you can transform your suffering into basically a communion or into community. That's maybe a better way of saying it. Well, then you just have to do it yourself or you don't do it at all. And I have been given visions with psychedelics and I realized that I can bring them about and manifest them. And certain visions I've been given I found were so important that I had to take responsibility for them because I realized that I was being given these visions for a certain reason. Because life thought or God thought or I don't know who thought or nature thought or somebody had the feeling I could do it, right? And there may have been others that were given these visions, but I don't think so, because visions are very, very specific. And... I then started to realize that I was kind of being guided towards a purpose. And I actually thought that meant that I had to extinguish myself, I had to kill myself and become this perfect thing that can manage to you know, be like God or something... so that, you know, the love or children foundation can become this, like, pure thing. And as I started to try to do that, I realized it won't work. Because I have no desire to be like maybe Maharaji... to sit around and be this godly thing that, like, shines life and light and love to everyone... and then you can touch my feet and stuff... I realized I have no desire to be that and it's very hard to become something that you feel like is really phony so I first thought I had to become this omnipresent super shit thing and I had to basically kill the Christopher that I had been all my life and get rid of all my flaws until I realized that my flaws are me that The reason I do this creative work is because that's what I feel like... ...is the only thing that I can actually do to help bring this thing about. So I had to actually become more like me. So I first tried to become super perfect. And then I took the flaws that I liked... ...and started maintaining them. It was like smoking. I liked it, so I kept doing it. And then I saw how I had drawn that bird... the age of 16 without ever knowing you know i never even liked smoking really back then not like this and now i realize i actually need to smoke to feel the way i feel right now and that's what i've mentioned before what terence mckenna says you know you know who are you to say you know i can do this on my own maybe The thing is that we have to humble ourselves to make a deal with a plant or a substance or whatever. Because no matter how hard I try, I'm always missing something. But when I smoke, it's like easier to deal with it. That's how I feel like. And then there is an addiction and a dependency and there is a dependency to certain people which I also maintain. I like being dependent on my parents at the moment because that gives me a reason to go there and they can then in that sense take care of me. So I give something, they give something back, right? I go there, I give my, hey, I'm like a little kid but I also, you know, I love my job, I love my life. And when you go to people with that kind of mindset, with that feeling in your heart, they feel appreciated, they feel valued, they feel happy and good and motivated. But when you're absent, they cannot feel it. And I realize there are some people, they don't really need me because they have others like me. But my parents, you know, if I'm not there, they miss me. That means that's something I can work with, right? I stretch it out a little. I wait until the pressure becomes too big and then I go there. When I know that maybe they're going on holiday tomorrow, I'm going to go there today, spontaneously. When I feel like, you know, I know they're going to be there and then I'm just going to go there and I'm going to spend some time, make some food... You know, and then I have a little conversation and that's also hard because today I went there I didn't want to go but I did it and that's good I believe sounds like something good right at least it's hard to say that it's bad it's the way it is I made a choice I want to be a family man And one reason I want to be a family man is because the woman that I love, that I'm in love with, that I fell into love with, just like that, is a family woman. And she has a family that I like, which means that I want my family to be ready to get together, which is part of marrying. And that's a hard one to swallow. But I swallowed it and I said, all right, that's it. That's it for today also. I think this was long. It's a good sign that my talks are getting longer because I'm less eager to finish them. I'm actually more relaxed. So whatever I'm doing, it's working, right? It's like that interview that I watched. There was like a documentary about runners in... I don't know, maybe it was Tanzania or something, doesn't matter. And then I asked him, how do you run or something? And his answer was, well, I have been looking at the way that I'm running. And I came to the conclusion, something like this, that the way I'm running is good. Because I haven't had any injuries. And so the way I'm running is good. You know, that's like, Fairly to the point. Or you can just make an hour recording and analyze, you know, how you're running, why you're running, when you're running, and blah, blah. And he just, like, I came to the conclusion that the way I'm running is good because, you know, I have no injuries. (laughs) So if you're hurting all over, then you have to change something. You know, if I would just smoke cannabis, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. I went to the park I climbed on trees I played frisbee golf and I walked barefoot all the way you see I cook my own food which helps me to heal and to grow and to contribute and now I'm here and then I'm there right? It's like, I introduce change, right? Today, I drank no coffee. And tomorrow, maybe I will or maybe later tonight, but maybe also will drink no coffee. Because I'm sick of the way it makes me feel on the long run. And I'm trying to get that balance back, where I drank less coffee, I smoked less, basically nothing. But my situation has changed. Right? I live alone now. And that means I have to leave the apartment sometimes because if I feel my family is pulling me then I can resist it for some time. But at some point I have to go. That's what I did today. It was good. But I only realized that after I was there. But a part of me knows, right? That if I feel like... It's like annoying or whatever. A part of me knows that... There's another perspective to it. And that's why I then go there and engage with the people. Where I get the feeling from, right? But knowing that... People can give me feelings... Is liberating. Because when I can distance myself from the feeling or refrain from judging it as my feeling or holding on to it, which is basically, right, I take it for myself. I say this is my feeling. Then I realize it's somebody else's feeling who's creating the feeling, I'm just feeling it. Then you can say, all right, I'm feeling it. So I let go of it and see what comes out of it. And then this energy can manifest at whatever it wants to and that's freedom, I say, I think. Cheers.